like the other day, I was talking to certain people in an audience, and then someone says, well, the pyramids were made by the aliens. And I said, you know, that's an interesting thought, that how we suppress ourselves, that we humans cannot create the pyramids. And then I just say, you know, right now there's a beautiful telescope, uh, an, an awesome telescope in space that is, that is reflecting the Big Bang in the beginning of, of creation of universes, you know? Did aliens create that? No, we humans did. Welcome to the Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. Okay, so let's dive in and get started. He is back on the show for the third time, Don Jose Ruiz. And Jose is a Toltec master of transformation and modern day shaman. He is a direct descendant of the Toltecs of the Eagle Knight lineage and is the son of Don Miguel Ruiz. He is the author of The Fifth Agreement, Ripples of Wisdom, and my good friend, The Rattlesnake, and along with his family, he teaches workshops and offers transformational journeys around the world. As I was telling Jose, he's, he's one of my favorite all-time guests, and he's back. Jose, welcome to the show. Thank you, brother. It's great to be back, and uh, thank you for those kind words, and thank you for inviting me once again. I said, I said to Jose, every time I talk to him, I just feel better about about life, about personally. I just feel feel good. So I hope everybody can can feel that from Jose and just feel his 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 heartfelt energy. This episode's sponsor is Microbiome Labs. For the last nine years, Microbiome Labs has been committed to advancing understanding of the human microbiome. They're at the helm of innovation, putting new formulations and technology in the hands of healthcare practitioners and patients. Among many other novel innovations, MBL can now help improve the gut-brain connection with their ZenBiome Cope and ZenBiome Sleep products. Maybe it's been a while since you've re-examined your probiotic choices, the science around the microbiome or novel solutions that are coming out every day. Microbiome Labs will be here at the forefront of science, continuing to pioneer health in this space. For more about this strain and other gut microbiome products, just visit microbiomelabs.com. And as a special bonus for the Drew Perlman Show listeners out there, receive 15% off your total order from Microbiome Labs by just using the discount code that is in the show notes. But Jose, you know, I love talking to you because... You know, in our last conversation, I mean, you, you you talk a lot about the underworld and having visited the underworld and faced your demons, and yet you made it back out into the light. And you tell a story of such hopefulness. I, I find I find you so hopeful. And and Jose, maybe you can start by just speaking about the underworld and maybe your hope that it's never too dark and it's never too late to make your way out. Yes, um, one of the beautiful things about the underworld in the beginning of the tradition, it sounds like a mysterious place, like the underworld, like a dark place. But it's a metaphor to let the imagination go through one's own personal growth so they can see and face their own inner self. Because when we face our demons, it's not that we're facing our demons outside, it's we're facing our fears, we're, we're, we're facing our suppression, we're facing our how we use the word against ourselves. So 
it comes a moment that we become aware that we go through the underworld, you know, a lot of times in life. In the underworld, to take it away of being a cave or a dark place, it's just a feeling inside when we get heartbroken because no matter what awareness we have, what wisdom we have, we all feel we're all, you know, emotional living beings. So when the emotional living being gets hurt or gets saddened by something, a death, a heartbreak, or something that, you know, that really hurts, we enter the underworld. Now, from this point of view, when we enter the underworld, is when the shaman tradition, the Nahuatl tradition, we find the medicine. So in this underworld, we find inspiration, how we're gonna get ourselves out of that way of thinking. How are we gonna stop suppressing? So it's not in vain that we go to the underworld. It's something that makes us grow, grow in spirit, grow in wisdom, grow in maturity. Because the moment that we confront that part of ourselves and we learn how to heal a heartbreak, learn to heal, not to use a death of the family or, or a loved one against ourselves, but you know, to really honor the person that was in our heart that we're not gonna betray them by betraying ourselves and use their death in vain because at the contrary, we want everything to rest in peace. So to rest in peace, we have to live in peace. So that's the basic thing of the underworld to bring our light. And you know, like uh, we can say we can have hope, but it's more than we have faith in ourselves. Because like I said before, when we believe in ourselves, it's powerful. When we believe that we're better than other people, that's ego. But when you believe in yourself, you can listen to your prayer and that prayer to yourself is how you are impeccable with your word and how you can get out of the underworld. So every time that we go into the underworld, even as musicians, as uh, writers, we create poetry, we create music that becomes healing things, healing words, healing sounds of vibration for other people that can let them, you know, go through their own underworld in their own, like a like a chicken cracks the egg for the for the little chick so they can get out themselves. That's beautiful. So what were some of the things that you took out, took away from the underworld when you came out? Were there some, were there some, I know you've mentioned like medicine and well, like you said, some of these tools, what, what are some of the things you, you, you took from the underworld and brought back, back with you? Well, the most important thing for me was faith, believing in myself that if I once was in the underworld in darkness and sadness and I pulled myself out of it, I can do it again. It's because it's a, it's a thing about life. When we overcome an, uh, an obstacle, you know, we find the light, but darkness will come again and darkness will come again. So when we have faith in ourselves, it doesn't matter what weather it is. We create, like a, we say, our own umbrella. We can control our weather, not the weather outside of us, like Rama said, but the weather within ourselves. We can control our emotions. So when we begin controlling our emotions, we find an ally, and that's what I found most about the underworld, finding my ally. And my ally is not no one spirit outside of me, is no master outside of me, but the ally that I always you know, was looking for was myself. So in the ally that I find in the underworld is myself, to trust myself that I can overcome anything that life throws at me. And the key to all of this is gratitude. Do not forget that I'm alive. Like once I was blind, I couldn't see. And when I got my eyesight back, I don't take my eyes for granted. I don't take everything I see for granted. I, I see it like a gift. So when we come out, once again, we begin feeling the gratitude that we feel for, for life. Oh, so beautiful. Um, amazing. Amazing. 
Jose, um, you also I've, I've also heard you say that, you know, in the darkness, that's when the seeds are being planted. Yes. And um, I'd love I'd love for you to speak to that whole idea that anybody that's experiencing darkness, I mean, on the, on our planet as a whole, there's a lot of there's a lot of darkness right now. But but I love how you say that in the dark is when the seeds are being planted. Yes, because in the metaphor tradition, a seed gets planted in the dark and the seed breaks in the darkness to find the light and the water always will support and the water represents life. And the light is what we look for. So let's say in the darkest world where people are suffering and people are in war, like what's happening right now in the world, you know, they need some light. So in this darkness that we see, the artists of healing gets inspired to support the world. And supporting the world, it cannot give what it is and has, so it begins supporting itself. And the most beautiful thing is about being honest with itself. That, you know, in one way, I know that people are mean, people are cruel, but children are children because they started this way, believing in something that broke their heart. And they begin numbing themselves. They don't know the truth. They're far away in denial. People who are in denial, who doesn't accept the truth, is because they don't accept themselves. So they need the light. And the best way is not to judge them, to put them down, is to for us to write inspirational words for us to live our life and that we can bring light into this dark in place but you know many people don't understand the world of shamanism when they want to be a shaman when they want to be a nagua uh, a nagua and a shaman person is someone who can go to the underworld who can go to this darkness who can face the the evilness the the, the negativity of life and seeing it there they can find the, the, the diamonds in the rust and bring them out again. And the interesting thing it is, is love. When you have love for your children, a love that a mother has for her children or a father love for her children, like the true love, no matter what happens, you will deliver it. No matter what story they live in, you will love them unconditionally. So this is one thing that we don't know in humanity, how to love without conditions, because we right away judge, we put down, that we suppress one another, but at the same time, when we talk in the Totec tradition that we are a planet that is dreaming, that dreaming of the planet, it is the dreaming of humanity, not the planet, not the atmosphere, not the living plants. It's the agreements that we have made based on pain, based on hurt, based on suppression, and all we want is freedom. And when we get freedom, we even turn freedom and corrupt it. So a beautiful thing is to really live in peace. So when we live in peace, like a like my father the other day got interviewed and says, do, do you take anything personally? He goes, not really. What about this person who's talking bad about your people? Well, why should I take him personally when I know it's not true? And this is the thing. When negative people accuse you of things, if we take them personally, it's because we judge ourselves, we suppress ourselves. But it comes a moment in life that we live like Siddhartha. And Siddhartha is sitting on the Bodhi tree before he became the Buddha. And life threw him all these opinions, all these judgments. And what did he do? He didn't believe them. And he turned them into roses. And this is one thing to know about life, that knowledge, words, they create the stories of life. They're not real. What is real is how we live life. Mm. Mm. Uh, that's amazing. Um, and, you know, and something else, um, Jose, is this notion of blame and, and blame. There's a lot of there's a lot of blame. Everybody playing the blame game. And um and I, and I think you're already speaking to this, but to, to what degree are our problems really even out there? Well, I guess from what you're saying, you know, but they're more in within. And um, I mean, would you say that, 
if we're always blaming other things, other people, other that we're sort of giving our power away by not focusing within ourselves? Yes, we are domesticated by seeing how life lives on television, on the schools, on the you know, on, on things. We were, were trained to use people as scissors to cut our own wings. And when we cut our own wings, everybody's supposed to cut their own wings. So we're blaming the world for not achieving our dream. That's why when we're in the underworld, we are alone. There's nobody there. We cannot lie to ourselves because, and we cannot pretend because there's no one to pretend to anymore. So there's a saying in the Egyptian tradition, once you wake up, you cannot go back to sleep because you find out that your heart is like as a feather. And if your heart is not like as a feather, you can never be in heaven. And that has all to do with your consciousness. So if your consciousness is not clean, is full of judgment, is full of resentment, is full of poison, you will blame the whole world for what's happening in your life. But we use them. We use the people. We even use our own wound experiences that are not happening anymore to not go forward in life. That means that we are a suppressed living being. And many people talk about they love divine mother, you know, they love the divine, you know, the divine motherhood, you know. But every time they suppress themselves, they're not loving divine motherhood. They're suppressing her. And no matter if we're male or female, we carry this energy of the divine mother. So when we start blaming other people for not achieving our dreams, we're suppressing ourselves or we're suppressing the divine mother. And it comes a moment in our life when we find our divinity. It means that knowing that we're not going to be alive for eternity, that this is the moment that we have. What are we wasting it in? How are we using the word to blame other people, to blame ourselves, to stay in the same dream? What we call in the Totec tradition, staying in an island of safety. And like in the song of the Pesh Mode, being in a pain that I'm used to and not wanting to get out there because it's comfortable to pain the pain that we used to. It's comfortable to blame other people for not succeeding because we don't take the action, we don't take the risk of going to the unknown. But what if we are skeptical of our own negativity? We're skeptical of our own, you know, poison and the, the judgment begins, okay, I'm going to blame this person. But what happens if we don't believe that? If we say, okay, here comes that voice of knowledge talking again, you know, talking again, talking again, and it's saying the same thing, offering me the same thing, and I'm tired of this offering. I'm tired of this food. It's making me sick. And once you begin listening to your body, to your emotional, it's because the consciousness wakes up. And this is what many people have described in art around the centuries. Uh, third eye opening in the forehead. And of course, we all know there's no third eye in the forehead, but it's a mythology, a symbol that we wake up consciously to know what we're seeing is about not eyesight or, or hearing. It's about feeling the vibration within us. So an interesting thing that I just noticed in the television is that NASA recorded the sound of the of a black sun of a black of a black hole, and uh, and it was no sound because they couldn't record it. What they recorded was the vibration, hmm. and the sound of the vibration was like Tibetan chants. It was just a vibration of emotion. So, you know, when we feel pain, when we feel happy, when we feel all this kind, what is it coming? It's like this black hole inside of us, and it got me really excited it because in my tradition we come from the infinite and that's like let's say what we look forward in life many people look forward to a belief of god of uh, 
the goddesses of the, you know, the sun, you know, and the Totec were trained always for the black sun, for the black holes, for the infinite, because that's where we come and that's where we will go. And to be alive and to feel the vibration of our emotional body, knowing that Divine Mother is, is carrying us, then we, as a messenger of life, return the favor to saying thank you because we want to give Divine Mother the most beautiful gift. And by doing and living this way, we stop the blame because life is going to be what's going to be. We cannot control other people from doing or thinking what they think about us anyways or what they're going to do. They have the right to create their art in their life. But that also gives us the responsibility and the awareness that we create the own art of our life however we want to. And this is when true devotion comes in, true spirituality, and it's to support the love of our life that is ourselves. Mm. I love that. That's that's so amazing. And I know you've said that um, the Toltec must express their art and, and, and the art from the heart, art from the heart. And you say that believing in ourselves is to respect the artist. Yes. But what, what, anybody who's, stru- who's listening, who's struggling to believe in themselves, and I know you're sort of speaking to this anyways, if they were with you right now, what might you tell them? Well, I would tell them something that my best friend just showed me a, a few months ago. I forgot the artist or the writer's name, but it was on, on YouTube. Um, she, she put a, a video and a, there was a quote that said, don't rob the world from your art. That means don't suppress yourself, don't stop yourself, and just create your art and offer it because, you know, people are going to judge any, anyways. But if you don't judge yourself, nobody else can judge you. And the offering of love comes with no conditions, with no self-poison and with liberating, like just a tree does. What a tree does, it just creates the fruit. It doesn't care to be judged or not. Or when a bird sings, a bird is giving a gift to the air, to the um, environment. And what does the bird do? It sings. Could you imagine that the bird thinks, oh, I hope I'm in the right key. I hope they like (laughs) me. I better be quiet and not sing and rob myself from singing and rob the world from what I can do. Nice. Oh, I love it. That's so true. That's so true. Um, You know, um, Jose, I don't know if you're familiar with the poet Jaya John. Um, he wrote a book called Fragrance After Rain. And he, he's one of my favorite poets, um, Jose. And I was reading I was reading one of his little poems, and it made me think of you. It also made me think of your father as well and, and, and some of his writings. But let me just read this to you and just see what you what you what you make of it. He writes, You can revise your life. It is not a stone certainty. Make your life a daily painting of grace. Edit your inner agreements. You likely inherited them anyway. The authors before you were not original. They copied too. Here's to the revisions that set you free. So many beautiful drafts ahead. What do you think of that? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And that makes me aware, you know, when we're born, we already have a palette, you know, and our mind is the palette. So the way that we got domesticated is the colors in our palette. And then we grow up, we remove certain colors from our palette 
and put some color, colors of our own choices that create our memory. And with our memories, with our experiences, we create the art. And one day we shall not be here either, but the way that we live life will inspire the future artists to continue, you know, this beautiful dream of humanity because it, it's really, it's really amazing. Like the other day I was talking to certain people in an audience and then someone says, well, the pyramids were made by the aliens. And I said, you know, that's an interesting thought that how we suppress ourselves, that we humans cannot create the pyramids. And then I just say, you know, right now there's a beautiful telescope, uh, an, an awesome telescope in space that is, that is reflecting the Big Bang in the beginning of, of creation of universes. You know, did aliens create that? No, we humans did. <laughs> So, you know, <laughs> cool. the magical thing about everything that we create, those people who created the, the telescope, they got inspired just like the poem you just shared. They built this and took it to another level and took it to another level. And it's the beautiful thing about inspiration. One flower opens another flower, another opera plus, because it's about inspiration, the aromas, and, and especially that it can be done. Mm. And it's like we feed off of one another, Jose. Like you say something and I feed off of that and we read a poem and that and that feeds us. And we kind of one of the things about doing this show is I find is I find how how often like I can sort of I get inspired by people that are on the show and maybe they get inspired by something that I read or whatnot. But um, but but we sort of like feed off of one another and ins and get inspired from one another. And this is the beautiful thing about life. Inspiration creates the artist. And one of the beautiful things uh is to always give, uh, I always give validation where I get inspired from, because that opens a door. Let's say I hear, enjoy the silence, and someone says, who sings that song? Well, Depeche Mode does. And then the person who heard of Depeche Mode listens to all the catalog and says, oh my God, there's also great songs. And about this, me and Tammy, you know, we were talking about uh, the co-author of the Ripples of Wisdom and good friend of Rattlesnake. We're talking about Ripples of Wisdom, how, like what we're talking right now, when we open our wisdom, when we open our, our, our spirit, it creates ripples that, you know, that you, we don't even know how far they can go. Mm. Like this conversation we're having, I don't know who might hear it, but the person who's going to hear it is supposed to hear it. And they might get inspired to get something from themselves and now share it. And it goes on and on. And this is the beautiful thing about life. It's eternal. Mm. That, is, that is amazing. That is amazing. You know, I wanted to just, just, just something else I wanted to bring up here is this whole idea of because I thought you could speak to this pretty, could speak to this really well, is just patterns of suffering. Um, the patterns of suffering that seem to get passed down through people, families, generations. And, you know, I was really, I was really thinking about that and how we break the cycle of suffering that gets sort of passed down, almost like an inheritance from, from, from the ages. What do you think, Jose? How how do we break that cycle of suffering that gets passed down? Well, it's the underworlds like we were talking earlier, passed down. Underworlds and underworlds get passed down because people don't deal with their fear. And they pass on them to their children, to their children. But once you get awareness and you ask yourself, what kind of messenger are you? What kind of messenger are you giving to yourself and to the people you love and how you're living your life? And then you can blame all you want, your parents, the grandparents and everybody. But that chain, it's that domestic, that act is over because now when one wakes up, even though it feels it, it feels the wounds, but then it can turn around 
look down and who is there? The next generations, the next little kids that's gonna take the place of the underworlds. Do I really want to give the underworld to them? And when love, true love comes, not they did this to me, not this is your destiny, no. It's about the person who believed in so with such faith that they can break a curse because that underworld passing, it is a curse. It's a curse of pain. It's a curse to life. And cursing life is about being mad at it. Like say, you stupid life, you will think life, I hate life. That is cursing the life. And that creates a vibration that we were talking earlier of negativity. And then we pass it to one another. And then people go do drugs, go do drinking, go submitting, you know, go to sex addiction, go to passing love because they cannot find their true love. But when we wake up, no matter what got us to wake up, no matter what hell we even went through and how we hurt people and hurt ourselves, that can be over by one action. Now, like we say in the total tradition, there's nothing to learn but to unlearn. And we return to gratitude. And gratitude leads us to self-forgiveness. Yes, I forgive myself for doing this, even though the person that I hurt may not forgive me. It's not their responsibility to forgive me when I want to. You know, they cannot forgive me for the rest of their life. It's okay. But for forgive myself, I will not repeat what I did to those people, to the people that I know now and the people that I will meet. And this is the way of life that we can show the little ones. Now, there's so many times when people protect their little ones and they don't put them through negative people. They don't let them be abused. They don't let them, you know, they, they love them so much that they protect them from their environment and like a father always said, if you don't domesticate your child, someone else is going to. And one thing to teach the children is about how humans dream. Like one of the Christianity's main teachings, they do not know what they do. They live through pain. They're hurting one another. There's no justifying it. It is what it is. But we have a choice how to live in this life. And it's the forgiveness to let things be and continue grow from them. And then the little kids, like right now, the next generations that are growing up, they're seeing all this racism. They're seeing all this, you know, this lying in the big world, you know, for false power, that they will wake up consciously to think differently because that illusion, it's, it's dying. Mm. Jose, how do you practice gratitude in your life? Do you, do you have a... Um... Is it just is it just a reminder in your thinking? Is it something that you consciously? I'm just curious because we it's come up a few times. Like, how do you practice gratitude? Well, sometimes when my body feels anxious, when my body feels fearful, uh, I have to look into life how my body is shaking, and and I say to myself, I won't do this to you again. I won't numb. I won't numb you again. I won't complain about you know, things that are not working out for me. I start changing the ways that made me, you know, hurt myself in the past. Like in the past, I didn't know that I used to use love to hurt myself. Now I'm grateful to not use a certain end of relationship or certain end of death or whatever's happening to hurt myself anymore. So I use that to grow. And it's to not repeat what I used to do in the past. And gratitude, my friend, Brother, it's about being alive. One day this is going to be over. So sometimes I see people complaining, people in battle, people on the television, on the news, people on the streets fighting in a, maybe in a hurry. And 
because I lost my eyesight once and I had a few death experience once, I feel grateful to be alive. And sometimes I feel a little tickle in my brain to know that I'm surviving, that I'm not in jail, that I'm not in a mental institution or that I'm not dead, but I, I am alive. So when something happens in our life, when we have a grudge with somebody, you know, many people have felt this, they have grudge with their family members and all of a sudden they get into an accident, they're in the hospital. It's like they, like, it's like my little um, grandchild says, let's pause the game. Let's pause the grudges. I'm here again, you know. Why does that have to be only when that happens? When a person wakes up completely, they see everybody sleeping. And, and when you see everybody sleeping and you have the opportunity to be awakened in your own self, not that you have the consciousness of divinity of the light. No, it's not about that. It's that you're responsible of your own garden and your own mind. And to even have that, you know, to even be speaking about this right now, brother, it's, it's, it's gratitude because many people don't get to this point. They go into denial, they go into blaming, or it has to be a certain way. But I really know that knowledge is created by us humans. It's not truth. And all that knowledge creates bricks of stories of different beliefs. And all beliefs are beautiful, you know? But how are we using that belief? How are we using the word to build our home, our temples? And this is when we find our own temple that we build ourselves that no one really has to know. And that's where faith comes in. And we overcome any underworld that comes into our life. Amazing. Um, Jose, what are you, um, anything that you're working on now? Um, just to, just to, ju just to jump ahead here a little bit. Um, any, um, any books, any projects that you wanted to, um, talk about or tell, tell us about? Yes. Uh, there, there, there's two, two, um, things that, um, there's happening right now that I'm excited about. Well, first is the finishing of a, a, a book with Hierophant uh, Publishing. It's the redemption of the Wichelopochli. It's a book, a brand new book, because many people talk about Wichelopochli, who is the god of war, and they praise the god of war. And I said, you know, I will share the story in this book about how the god of war became the god of peace. And it's about the redemption of an ancient Aztec god and something that we still hold in this life. So in that moment, um, it will be teachings how to bring peace into our life, no matter how dark we were in life, but it's about redemption. Mm -hmm. And right now with, 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 with Tammy, um, and, and, and uh, we're working on, on, a, on a North America tour. I'm excited to go back to basics, and, and I'm excited for next year to go back to city to city, like I used to when I was younger, because I missed that. I missed the interaction, and now that, you know, we're allowed to go. I we're planning this this tour for next year. Oh, nice! It's kind of like a rock, like a rock tour kind of thing, like uh, like different cities. Yes, exactly. Because that's <laughs> my passion, rock and roll. Passion <laughs> and spirituality is my passion. And you know, I see myself as a as someone who shares from the heart. I'm not a guru. I'm not a teacher. I'm just someone who's grateful to be alive. And, and I don't like all that, uh, I don't like to be involved, all that, you know, because I'm not a, I'm not a therapist, you know, I, I, I'm not a coach. I, I, I'm, a, I'm naturally born a shaman. So in the shaman, they share storytelling, they share celebrations. And it's about going on the road and sharing these passions, because passion ignites passion. And this is the main theme for, 
for the the love of your life. So that's what we're calling it. Well, speaking of going on the road, a lot of a lot of the listeners of the show are from Massachusetts, and you're going to be in um, Sandwich, right? Sandwich, Massachusetts, in in October. Yes, Coming I'm up. so excited. I already got my ticket uh, to 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 be there. <laughs> That's so I cool. I told him. Uh, you, you, so yes. you got your t- you got your plane ticket to come out here. Yes. Nice. I got I got I got two days earlier so I can enjoy the city because I I really love going to Boston and you know and and sightseeing and walking. I I only wish I was one week beforehand because Iron Maiden is gonna be playing there oh. uh, like a. <laughs> on the 17th but it's it's what it is <laughs> it is what it is that's right that's so cool um and uh and so where can people go if they want to learn more about you and and uh, the the cape cod and the tour and the book and all that stuff where should where should people go it, it will be on miguelreese.com that's easy. Okay, we'll put that in the uh, we'll put that in the notes as well. Jose, you you know you and I are both big fans of music. You want to uh, end with a little "Let It Be" from the Beatles? You're you're a Beatles fan, right? Oh sure. Who, who is it? <laughs> one of the beautiful things that I got the opportunity uh, a few years ago, I went to the Beatles ashram in Rishikesh, India, Maharishi's oh. ashram, and uh, they had this mural that says "Let It Be," and. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's it's that life is all about that. So it, I, I really love the create creating part of, of of that white album. Nice, nice. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother, Mother Mary, Mary comes to me, speaking singing. words of wisdom. Let it be. Let it be. Hour of darkness. She's, She's standing, standing right in front of me. Speaking words of wisdom, let it be, 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 whisper words of wisdom, let it be, there we go, Jose, thank you so much. Oh, thank you, brother. We'll speak again in another year. <laughs> oh, no, actually sooner. And, and when the new book comes out, we'll definitely. But 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 yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk soon, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover, and stay well, everyone.